Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us here at Believer's Victory Church. Today we have an inspiring, powerful message that will change your life. Let's listen in as Pastor Peggy Heal teaches us from the Word of God. Hallelujah. Isn't God so good? All the time God is good. Amen. It's great to be in church this morning. It's great to be here today with all of you. Excited to see what God has for us today. Amen. Awesome praise and worship as always. And today we're going to just be doing, uh, going in a different direction. Amen. We've been talking so much about faith, but here's the thing. Faith is always combined with prayer. Always combined with prayer. And so we're going to do uh, just a couple of weeks. And then in a couple of weeks, we have uh, who has become one of BBC's favorite speakers. He's been here a few times, and every time he comes, everyone is just so, you, you're just inspired because he's such an amazing teacher, and that's Larry Hutton's going to be here in a few weeks. And so uh, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about prayer. And today we're going to talk about the most famous prayer, and that's the Lord's Prayer. And sometimes we can think that the Lord's Prayer is only to be recited over and over again, but that's not really the function of the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a model for us, and we can learn, um, just like the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. And so we're going to learn some things today, amen? And so over here in Luke chapter 11, verse number 1, Luke chapter 11, verse number 1, and it says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, and it's talking about Jesus is praying. How many know if Jesus needed to pray, you need to pray? Amen. I always say there's only one problem with prayer. Anybody want to know the one problem with prayer? We just don't do it. We talk about praying. We tell people we're going to pray for them. How many, you know, don't raise your hand, but let's just be honest. How many people in here, you've told somebody, hey, I'm going to, I'll pray for you. You know, they tell you something going on. You're like, oh, I'm going to pray for you. And then you don't. Everybody's like, not me. Okay. <laughs> not because we're mean people, because sometimes we forget or we just don't know what to do. And so here Jesus is praying and Jesus is our example. I say this all the time and it's so true. Everything that Jesus did, he did to show me how to do it or he did it for me. And when he's praying, he's showing me how to do it. He's setting a great example for me. And says, so now it came to pass as he was praying, Jesus is praying in a certain place when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And so when I read this, I see a couple things. Number one, you don't automatically know how to pray. All right? You don't automatically know. There's a Bible way to pray. And then there's, you know, sometimes people say, hey, you know, I feel like I'm praying, but nothing's working. Well, we need to pray the way the Bible tells us to pray. Amen? Amen. And so this shows me that even though they had walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, they still needed to learn to pray. And so the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And as we've gone through, you know, we've just talked about faith for weeks. All summer long, we've been talking about faith. And one of the things that we can see through all the stories of, of faith is that prayer is an important part of it. Amen? It's great to know about faith, but when we take our faith and we combine it with prayer, that's when we're really going to have a powerhouse uh, spiritual life going on. And so when we see this, 
we can see that faith really is useless without prayer. Because if all you do is have faith, but you're not praying, you're not releasing it, how many know it's not really going to work for you? And so we learned all this stuff about prayer. And so now we've got to combine all this stuff about faith. We've got to combine our prayer life with it. And so when the disciples are asking Jesus to teach them to pray, this was actually a very common practice because the disciples, they wanted to sound like Jesus. How many want to sound like Jesus? Because it was very common in this time that whatever, whoever your rabbi was, that you would pray like them. And then everyone would know who your rabbi was because they would teach them. He said, just like John did. And so the disciples, are, their request to ask Jesus was them telling Jesus they wanted to learn how to emulate him. They wanted to be the guys that everyone knew who their rabbi was. They wanted to look as much like Jesus as possible. How many want to look as much like Jesus as possible? Well, to do that, we've got to learn to pray like Jesus. Amen? And so Jesus, he, he, he answered their request, and he showed them how to pray. They said, teach us to pray. And so here we go, and, and we're going to say what's very commonly called the Lord's Prayer. In verse number two, he said, so he said to them. They said, teach us to pray. So he said to him, when you pray... How many know when you pray? So that means we need to pray. Amen? If every believer that said they prayed, prayed, we'd see more move in this world. Amen? We'd see a lot more move. And so he says, when you pray, say. He says, and we'll say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, this day, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's a great prayer. Amen? That is an awesome prayer. And you know what? It's the model of prayer. And inside this prayer are seven powerful principles that we can grab a hold of and not necessarily just say it that way, but it is our model of prayer where we can say when Jesus prayed, he had these things in his prayer. I want to make sure I have those things in my prayer life. Amen? And so, but I wanted to just share with you two principles first before we get into the seven things. And one thing is this. We just learned so much about faith these last few weeks, but we've got to remember that faith shouldn't be with just words. It's not just words. Our words are important. You're saying, Pastor Breger, you're making my head spin. You told us all summer long to speak it, to say it. That's true. That's very true, and I'm not contradicting that. I'm just saying, listen, if you're going to say it, you better live it. Amen? You better live it because, you know what, the Bible says that when we're, when we're saying things, when we're, that's powerful. And Jesus said in John 6, 63, he says this, the words that I speak to you, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And so the word of God, Jesus speaking to us through the word, says they are spirit and they are life. Jesus says, you know what, words are containers. That's a great way to look at your words. Man, they're like containers. Every word that comes out of your mouth is like a gift you're delivering to somebody. Amen. You're delivering it to your own life too. And so the words, they are spirit and they are life. And he put spirit and life into his words. So words are important. But we can't reduce our faith to only words. It has to show up just as strongly in my actions. 
How many know actions are important? If somebody's just saying something, but they're never doing it, how many know that's going to get old real fast? That's why the Bible says that faith without works is dead, right? So we need to make sure that our words are, our words are followed up with some actions. Jesus spent a great deal of time talking about making sure that your words and your actions go together. He said over here in Matthew 17, 20, this powerful scripture in Matthew 17, 20 says, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Their heart is far from me. And you know what? We've probably experienced that where somebody's all talk and no action, or they say one thing and they do another. And Jesus said, listen, these people draw near to me with their words, so with their mouths, so I can draw near to the Lord and I can honor him with my lips, but my heart can be in a totally different place. My heart, and you know how we see where our heart is. Our, the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And so, and listen, where you're putting your treasure, that's where your heart's going. And so when, when it comes to our actions, we've got to make sure that our actions and our words, that they go together. Because what is, it, what, is, what is a typical word for somebody whose actions and their words don't go together? What do we call those kind of people? Hypocrites. And you know what? We don't ever want to be described that way. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean that, we've, you know, that we're never going to make mistakes. But, hey, let's at least try. Amen? Let's at least try to have our words and our actions go together. And so when they're saying this and Jesus is saying, listen, your words and your actions need to go together. And then the second thing that we can see is faith is always wrapped in prayer. It's always wrapped in prayer, always. The Bible makes it very clear that prayer is a priority to God. It's a priority. Yet many times prayer is the very thing that's very absent from people's lives. We know that we should pray. We say we're going to pray. We know that prayer is important. We know that it's a necessity. And when Jesus taught, when, when they said, Lord, teach us to pray, when he taught them to pray, he put inside this very short little prayer, he put in it the tenets. You guys know what a tenet is? It's like your, when people look at our website and they see our tenets of faith, they're going to see what we believe as a church. Right? It's, it's what you believe. It's, 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 the, it's the code that you live by. And when Jesus taught them this prayer, he put inside of it the tenets that we need to have in our prayer life. Amen? And so let's look at those. We're going to look at the seven ones. The number one thing that we see in here is relationship. Prayer is first and foremost. It's not a formula. It's not a, uh, a one, two, three. It is a relationship. When I'm praying, I'm establishing a relationship with God the Father. And when Jesus began his prayer, he said this, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Or some people call, pronounce it hallowed. However you say it, he's just saying, listen, make sure God is first. The first thing Jesus does in this prayer when he's teaching the disciples to pray is lay out the relationship between the praying person, that's me, and God their Father. That's the very first thing. If your prayer life comes from anything other than a relationship with Father God, then you're going to be off base. You're going to be off base. Prayer is spending time with God the Father. 
It is getting to know the Father. It's interacting with the Father. And I encourage you when you pray, don't just talk about everything. We want, it's, prayer is talking with God. I'm not talking to God. I'm talking with God. Prayer is communicating with God. Amen? The simplest definition for prayer, the very simplest one you could say, I teach it every year when I teach a prayer class, prayer is communicating with God. That's what it is. It's talking with God. And so when Jesus begins this, he says, when you pray, say, our Father. He's saying, what are, what are we doing? Because as soon as we begin to pray, the first thing I need to remind myself in my, in my conversation with the Lord is who I am and who he is. Who I am and who he is. I'm, I am reminding myself, I am putting myself, I'm putting myself in my place. You know, we're always trying to put, I'm going to put you in your place. We didn't put ourselves in our place. Amen. I need to put me in my place. And my place is a child of God. That is my place above any other place. And when I say, our Father, when I, and remember, this is a model of prayer. A model of prayer. It's okay to say this, but... You know, now that we're, now that Jesus is, is gone on to be in heaven, now I pray to the Father in Jesus' name. But Jesus is showing me here a model of prayer. And he's saying the very first thing he says, when you pray, say, our Father. You need to remember who you're praying to. Because if you don't remember who you're talking to, you'll talk differently. Right? I remember one time we were uh, at an event. This is, this is a, not really a funny story. It's just a life story. We were at an event, and some things were going wrong, and stuff was happening, and this is years ago, years ago, and, uh, and I'm a pretty easygoing person, really, you know, most of the time, maybe not all the time, but most of the time, I'm pretty easygoing, you know, stuff happens, like, okay, you know, we can fix it, and, you know, it'll work out, and I try not to get too bent out of shape about much, and so some stuff was going on, and we were at a, a conference away, and some stuff was happening, and, you know, and I'm pretty calm, and so I'm just kind of standing there, and all of a sudden, this person comes up to me, and uh, they're, 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 you know, they're a leader, and they come up, and they just start going off, and I'm just like, and so I looked at him, and I said, you need to stop talking, and you need to remember who you're talking to. Because listen, I don't care who you are. There's a way that you talk to people. Amen. And how you allow people to talk to you, that's up to you. But there are ways that you talk to people. And so I said, you need to stop talking and remember who you're talking to. Because I may be fun and I may be Peggy, but ultimately, I'm Pastor Peggy. And I said, so, and, and you shouldn't talk to anybody like this. And see, the thing was, they were like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just, I just got so worked up and so this and so that. And I was just like, but here's the thing. If you just, you know, I always say this. You train people how they treat you. If somebody's not treating you well, they need training. <laughs> Amen. They need training on how to treat you. And if they don't accept the training, and that that's not, doesn't mean we're bossy, but listen, there's respect for people. There's respect for an office. There's respect for that. And that's something that we need to teach people, amen? We need to teach children, but you know what? It's something we need to do ourselves. And so when I pray, I need to remember who I'm talking to. 
Amen? And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, listen, when you pray, say, our Father. I need to remind myself, listen, I'm talking to God the Father. I'm talking to the creator of the universe. I'm talking to my Father. I'm talking to the one who sent his son to die for me. I'm talking to God. Amen? And it doesn't mean that I get all nervous and anxious, but it does mean that I remember my place and I remember his place. And so when Jesus is saying here, the very first thing he says is when you're in prayer, to remember the relationship, to make sure that you have one. Amen? You know, prayer is, it's personal and it's deep. And if you're not close to God, there is no substitute for it. Nothing will fill the void, fill the place in your life that God is supposed to. People are trying to fill it up with everything else all the time, and it never works. It never works. Because only God can do what God can do. There's no one else that you can have as meaningful a relationship as you can with God. No one. You say, well, I'm not really there yet. You know how relationships are formed? When you first meet somebody, you know, you don't, you don't immediately just start, you know, they're, they're just your BFF. You may have chemistry with somebody. You may have, you know, you get along well. But it takes time to develop a relationship. And so if you're just starting out with the things of God, it may seem a little awkward. It may seem a little clunky. And that's okay. Just keep coming. Amen? Just keep coming. And remember, remember that nobody loves you like God does. Nobody is for you like God is. Nobody wants the best for you like God does. Nobody has done for you what God has done for you. Amen? And so Jesus is saying, when you pray, when you pray. So number one, make sure you pray. And when you do, put yourself in your place and put God in his. Our Father. Amen? Our Father. The second thing that we see here, the second principle in here is gratitude. Gratitude. Oh, that's a big word. Prayer is an active expression of gratitude and appreciation. Because Jesus continued his prayer, he said, hallowed be your name. Prayer is when you learn to be thankful. Amen? Learn to be thankful. It's when you learn not to let a day go by that you don't say thank you to the Lord. Amen? Don't let a day go by. If you want to destroy any relationship, stop saying thank you. Any relationship, stop saying thank you. In marriage, you know, marriage, how many know marriage is tough? Any married people in here? Marriage is hard. And you know what's going to make it harder? If you start taking, you start um, just taking, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, For granted, yes, thank you, tag team. Taking for granted what your spouse does for you. You know, that's one of the first things that's going to, because here's what happens. When you don't have gratitude in your heart, your heart begins to get hard. It begins to get hard. And when your heart begins to get hard, you're going to be in trouble. And so one of the things that keeps our heart soft and keeps our heart pliable and keeps our heart um, just letting things flow through it, the Bible says, above all things, guard your heart, for out of it flow. And you know what? It's hard to get anything to flow out of something that's rock hard. And so the next, when Jesus says, he's talking about gratitude, when we never thank our kids, we never thank our spouse, we never thank our boss, we never thank employees, we don't thank the cashier at Publix, what's happening? Your heart's getting a little harder. Be thankful. 
Amen? Be thankful. Here's a newsflash. Every husband doesn't get up and go to work. They don't. Here's a newsflash. Every wife doesn't help around the house. Every husband doesn't do that. So when yours does, be thankful. You say, well, they're supposed to. Listen, we're supposed to do a lot of things we don't do. And just because you're supposed to doesn't mean you shouldn't be grateful for it. Amen? Just because you, you have in your mind that you're supposed to do those things, it doesn't mean that we, need to, we shouldn't be thankful when people do those things. When's the last time you thanked whoever does the dishes at your house? Hey, thanks for doing that. I noticed it. Thank whoever does the laundry. You know, you know, I came in the kitchen. We had a, a little birthday celebration on Friday night for my little niece, Kaylee. And uh, she turned five. And, and so we had a little party at our house. And, uh, and, you know, and it just, you know, I mean, the house is just a disaster. I mean, it's a disaster. I mean, somebody got a Nerf gun. We had bottles lined up having a shooting contest. I mean, it's just party central. You know, there's just food. I mean, it's crazy. Just this mess. And so we were really tired, and, and Scott was like, oh, I'll, we'll clean it in the morning. And I was like, oh, thank God. My Aunt Rhonda's twitching back there. Left dishes in the sink. Yes. <laughs> Not only, we left them everywhere. And so the next morning I get up, and Scott was already up, and he cleaned the whole thing. And I came in, and I was like, the cleaning fairies came. He goes, there ain't no fairies here. That was all me, right? <laughs> but you know what? You know, I was, I was very thankful. I was very thankful. And so, you know, the thing is, you know, people say, you know, I was sharing this a while, but they say, how, how have you been married so long? And I was like, that's a good question. That's a good question. You know? Here's the thing. You got to keep doing the first things. Amen? You got to keep doing those first things. You know, you used to remember when you first got married or you first started dating and somebody brought you lunch and you were just like, thank you. Now you're like, where's my lunch? Where's my lunch? You know, believe it or not, you know, there's not little minions don't come and do the laundry and fold it and put it away. That, you know, if you got some, send them to my house, you know? No, we do that, and so we got to be thankful. And Jesus is showing us, he listen, one of the things in the, in the Lord's Prayer is gratitude. Because you want to ruin a relationship, quit being grateful. Start taking things for granted. Romans chapter 1, verse number 21 says this, Although they knew God, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Oh, listen, you can know God, but still have your heart dark. That's a, that's a, that's a cold reality. You can know God, but still have your heart darkened, because you start being futile. You know what futile means? You think it's useless. You think, no, it doesn't make any difference. It's futile. And so in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Why? Because they stopped glorifying God. They stopped being thankful to him. You say, well, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm having a hard time right now. Listen, all I can say is you don't understand how hard, times you're, how hard a time you would have if God wasn't there. You think you're having a hard time now? 
You think it's hard now? You wait till God's not in it. Listen, hard times where we need to glorify God the most. Hard times is when we need to turn to the Lord the most. Hard times, we need to be thankful. Amen? Thankful for what God has done. When's the, you, know, when's the, you know, when's the last time we said, Lord, I just thank you that I can walk? Lord, when's the, when, when, when is the last time we said, Lord, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful. I'll tell you one thing. I'm, th I'm thankful for air conditioning. Lord, Amen? Some of these things we just take them for granted. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for the things in my life. I'm thankful. But, you know, we can get this attitude where we get, we're more need conscious than we are thankful for what we have. And when you do that, you become ungrateful. And when you become ungrateful, you become bitter. And when you become bitter, nobody wants to be around you. You know what happens in a lot of marriages? I don't know why we're talking about marriage today. Not in my notes. You know what happens in a lot of marriages? People become ungrateful for the good things their spouse still does. We become so conscious of the things that they don't do, we forget the things they do. And when all you do is focus on what they don't do, you become bitter. And when you become bitter, listen, the problem is no longer the other spouse. The problem is you, because a bitter person is very difficult, and a bitter person is ungrateful, and a bitter person has a hard heart, and a bitter person thinks that everybody needs to fix them, when really only God can do that. Amen? And so when it comes to marriage, don't let yourself get bitter. Don't get so focused on the one crack, right? I remember years and years ago, a lady came, she did a ladies' meeting. This is probably 20 years ago. And she started talking about her house was beautiful, and, she, and her house was really, she had worked so hard to decorate it. But in her kitchen, a little tiny corner of the wallpaper started to peel off. And no matter how hard she tried, all she could focus on was that portion of wallpaper, and she just would complain about it constantly to her husband. When are you going to pull down this wallpaper? When are you going to replace this wallpaper? What's wrong with this wallpaper? And she just got so jerky about it, for lack of a better word. And finally, one day her husband was like, turn around. Because all she could do is stare at that wallpaper. He said, turn around. And she turned around. And it was like she hadn't seen the whole rest of her house for months. Because all she could see was that wallpaper. And you know what? We do that with people. You know, parents, you can do that with your teenager. Listen, it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. We've got to remember that, listen, just because a little corner of the wallpaper might be peeled off, we've got to turn around and remember to look at the whole house. Amen? Don't let yourself get so focused on what is not that you forget to see what is. Amen? Because I guarantee you the what is is a whole lot better than the what is not. Amen? And that's what Jesus is showing here. He's saying, listen, don't, don't, don't become ungrateful because when your heart stops being pliable, it stops being flexible, you know what happens? Everybody and everything becomes distant, including God. 
And when people say to me, oh, I just feel like God is so distant, you know what I say to them? When's the last time you thanked him for something? When's the last time you put yourself in a position of gratitude for him? When's that? Because gratitude brings people together like nothing else. Like nothing else. And so I encourage you, be grateful. And then the, the third thing here is that pursuit. Jesus says this. He says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is such a, a, a powerful portion of the scripture and, and this prayer. And it's one that I believe as believers we are missing out on. Because prayer isn't, listen to me, Prayer isn't the active pursuit of your agenda. That's, That's not what prayer is. It's not the active pursuit of our own agenda. If we're people and we listen to a lot of things, you hear people praying and you would have thought his disciples told him, <coughs> just tell God, he would have told his disciples, just tell God your agenda and ask him to bless it. <clears throat> just tell God what you want and ask him to bless it. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is about God's will. Prayer is about his will. We've got this idea, especially in Americanized Christianity, that being a Christian is so I can be happy. Being a Christian is about seeking and pursuing the will of God. That's what being a Christian is about. And so Christianity seems to be just making us happy and about the commit, uh, not about the commitment of God's will, but there's going to be days that God's going to ask you to do things that are not going to make you happy. There's going to be days when what God is asking you to do is going to require a, a difficult transformation in you. Amen. It's going to be a transformation on the inside. And when we're thinking about what God does, he says, he says that we're to look for God's will. <coughs> Excuse me. When's the last time you asked God what his will was? Isn't that a good question? And here's a really good indicator. When you don't ask God what his will is, you are not trusting him to direct your life. You want to direct your life. So often we want to be the boss of our own life. But the Bible says in Proverbs, it says that God will lead you on the best pathway for your life. And if you ask so many people who are probably a little bit older, if I could go back and people, you know, one of the common questions and conversation starters, what would you tell your younger self? What would you tell your younger self? You know, the number one thing that I would tell my younger self is quit running from the call of God on your life. Quit trying to make the, your plan for your life. Quit trying to make it what you want and just give in to the things that you know God is telling you to do. Because ultimately, those are the things that you want. So often we're like, oh no, I, I want to be happy and I want to be with somebody and so this person's here. So I'll just, I'll just stay here. When God's saying, no, what you want, the fulfillment, because ultimately we're not looking just to be happy, we're looking to be fulfilled. 
right? They say, oh, if money can't buy you happiness. No, that's true, but happiness is based on what's happening. And guess what? Things change. But fulfillment, that, that place of fullness from the inside out, that comes from God's will. It comes from following his will. It comes from recognizing there may be a period in my life where it is uncomfortable. There may be a period in my life where it's not necessarily jump up and down and shout all the time because it's difficult. But it is the will of God. Just because something is hard doesn't mean it's not God's will. Amen? Doesn't mean it's not God's will just because it's difficult. You know, marriage is difficult. Marriage is hard sometimes. Somebody needs to hear about marriage today because I can't get off of it. You know, so, you know, I joke all the time. Sometimes, man, you just roll over after, you know, and you're just like, it's you? My word. You're here again? It's you again? It happens. And I think people that have been married any length of time that say that's not true, I think you lie. I think you lie. Because there's just times where, just, where you just feel like, oh, man, you know, this is hard. But it's God's will. What's God's will in the situation? God's will will always lead you to the best place. God's will will always lead you to the peace you're looking for. It will always lead you to the fulfillment. It will always lead you to ultimately what deep you want. Maybe on the surface you want that immediate release. You want that immediate sense of, I'm out of here. You want that immediate sense of, I was right. You want that immediate. But you know what? Those immediate things, they're very, they're very uh, they, they go quickly. But the deep things of God, they come from pursuing his will. His will. And so when we think about the will of God, can you, can you go back to that verse, Chris? Here we go. Nope, next one. Sorry about that. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your will be done. There, there comes a point in all of our lives when my will, what I want, wants to go a different way. Amen? It, hap it happened to Jesus. Don't think it won't happen to you. When Jesus was in the garden and he was praying and he was about to go to the cross, he said, Lord, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, at your will. There comes a time, you know, when the Bible says pick up and carry your cross. That's what that means. There'll be a time when your will and God's will are going different directions. You're at a cross. And what you decide in that moment is so huge. And that's why Jesus says, when you pray, remember who God is. Remember who you are. Be grateful for God the Father. And seek his will above your own. God's will. 
Whereas sometimes when the world is saying, oh, just do it this way, you say, well, how do I know the will? There, the will of God is in the word of God. Amen? Say, so how do I know the will of God? You go to the word of God. The word of God exposes the will of God. People say, oh, but, you know, God's will is a mystery. No. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 9 says that I can be filled with the knowledge of his will. I can be filled with that knowledge. And so when I pray, see, a lot of times we're going to the Father and we're praying, and when the Lord says stay, and we're like, oh, no, I want to go. Or the Lord says give, we're like, oh, no, I want to keep. Or the Lord says stop, and oh, no, I want to go. I want to do you know, that's where, that, that's where that moment of decision comes. And a lot of times we run out of the prayer closet because we don't want to hear what God has to say. God's saying, your will be done. We need to say that to the Lord. Lord, your will be done. Not my will, Lord, your will. That's part of prayer. Why go to the Lord in prayer if we're not going to listen to what he says? Amen? Why go if we're not going to listen? Why go? And so when we're talking about prayer, we're just going to close up here. First thing in prayer, number one, I got to do it. Amen? I got to pray. You know, there's a, and, and life gets busy. How many know life gets busy? But you know what, a really, a really good, I, call, I learned this from my pastor, Pastor Tim. He says, you got to have, you got to bookend your life with God. Start it with God, end it with God. Just when you wake up, just make, make a point. Begin a practice. You know, habits, they happen when we keep doing them. Amen? And just make it a point, man. Every morning when I get up, I'm just going to acknowledge God in my life. I'm going to acknowledge him. I'm going to glorify God the Father. I'm going to remind myself who he is and who I am. I'm just going to remember him and glorify him in prayer. Just, just 30 seconds. Just start, start there. So I'm going to start my day. It's the first bookend. Then I got day, and I'm going to end my day with the second book in. So God, I, got, I got my day, and I got God on both ends. You say, oh, that seems like a lot. Don't think that little prayers don't matter because they're better than no prayers. Amen. You got to start where you are. And so just a little prayer in the morning and a little prayer in the end is better than no prayer. Amen? And so it's just, you know, before I just make it a point, before I get out of bed, because I know I'm, I'm a doer, I'm a worker, you know? I mean, there's some people, they can just go and spend hours in their prayer closet. I am not that person. I know that probably disappoints you in some way. But it's difficult for me. Because, you know, the whole time I'll be praying and I'll just be like, oh, man, I got a lot to do. But I got to remind myself, I'm too busy not to pray. Because, oh, I'm too busy. No, you're too busy not to pray. You got a lot going on. You need to pray. And so I, I, have, to, I have to make myself do it. Just because you have to make yourself do it doesn't mean your heart doesn't want to. There's a flesh part of us that wants to just get going. But we got to pull that back and say, you know what? So I just tell myself, before, before I do anything, before I <clears throat> put my, get, get out of my pajamas, before I comb my hair, before I do anything, i got to make myself. Because if I don't, the day will be gone. 
And then I've just made a commitment in my life. Before I go to sleep, I don't care what time it is, before I go to sleep, I spend time with the Lord. If it's five minutes, fine. If it's one minute, fine. If it's 30 minutes, better. But I do it. I make myself do it. Because Jesus said, when you pray. He didn't say if you pray. He said, when you pray. Amen? When you pray. I want to put God first. I want to remind myself who he is. He's God the Father. Hallowed be your name. There is none like you, Lord. I want to glorify him. I don't want to just be all talk and have my heart be dark. I don't want that. I don't want to be lip service. I want my prayer to matter. And you know, what, you know how I make sure my prayer matters? I do it the way Jesus said to. And so I'm going to remind myself who God is. I'm going to have a heart that's grateful. And there are so many things we can be grateful for. If you say here today, if you say, well, I don't have anything to be grateful for, you are naive. You are very naive. One of the one things that we can all be grateful for, no matter where you live in this country, you can be grateful you are in this country. There are places much, much worse. Much, much worse. Let's be grateful and let's seek God's will. I'm not here to show God my plan and my agenda and ask him to bless it. I'm here to go for his. And the more you know him, the more you'll realize that his plan is the one that will bring you the fulfillment that you're looking for. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus.